Welcome to Stratfor's Essential Geopolitics Podcast. I'm Emily Donahue, sitting in for Fred Burton. Today, I'm speaking with Asia-Pacific analyst Evan Reese. Evan, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Emily. Protests have started again in Hong Kong after China made a big move earlier this month. What happened? So what China's been trying to do over the past year is figure out a way to increase central government control over Hong Kong and increase the ability of local Hong Kong authorities to enforce security and tamp down on protests. There is legislation that has been on hold for quite some time, since 1997, actually, within Hong Kong, uh, national security legislation that would outlaw activity related to secession, uh, foreign influence, um, things like that, that the Hong Kong government has failed to pass for the past two decades. What Beijing ended up doing was doing an end run around the local legislative council in Hong Kong and formulating its own legislation to impose within Hong Kong that would empower Hong Kong authorities to crack down on activities like this, and most specifically crack down on protest and dissent within the city. So is that a big change? I remember that there was fairly a thorough crackdown last year. That's true. Yes. The police in Hong Kong have been relatively effective at cracking down on activity inside of Hong Kong, but there have been limits. Of course, Hong Kong has a free and open society, a constitution that guarantees rights in ways that are not guaranteed in mainland China, uh, and specifically actions that openly advocate for independence, uh, the burning of Chinese flags, if that's what people want to do, uh, have been allowed and allowed under Hong Kong law. This would make that prohibited. It would also empower authorities to go after terrorist networks and more extremist groups on the pro-democracy side that locals within Hong Kong are afraid could be used as justifications for broader crackdowns that would go beyond. I mean, it, within Hong Kong, you're still allowed to gather for protests, although they do have to be approved in the same way that they would have to be approved in the West. Uh, this would be a steady slide towards a time when Hong Kong might not have guarantees like that. So what are the broader issues in Hong Kong fueling unrest? So Hong Kong has enjoyed a special status within China since 1997, since the handover from the British who ruled for decades. Hong Kong was supposed to remain a an autonomous region within China uh, until 2047. And until that time, the expectation was that mainland China would respect Hong Kong sovereignty on many, many issues. What we've seen over the last two decades, and then most importantly in recent years, is we've seen an acceleration of the shift that was supposed to happen in 2047 towards greater mainland control over Hong Kong and, and a shift within Hong Kong to look more like mainland China. That's the overarching issue. And that's that's what's fueling the unrest uh, among the public in Hong Kong and fueling people to go out on the streets. Last year, of course, what actually sparked the massive protests that we saw rage all throughout last year was a law that would have allowed Hong Kong authorities to extradite people within Hong Kong to China. That would have been a huge shift. Uh, that was withdrawn from the legislature under huge demonstrations. But what we're seeing now with this long-term trend uh, for Hong Kong being drawn more into mainland China's orbit and and knitted more tightly into the mainland, into Beijing, is protests as the new normal, backlash towards those measures as the new normal. And that's kind of what we're looking at in Hong Kong. You've sort of set this up, but let me just ask you flat out, what are Beijing's goals in Hong Kong? 
Beijing's goals are to ensure that Hong Kong does not become a bastion for dissent against the mainland government in particular. Uh, a few years ago, we had an issue where there were publishing houses and booksellers within Hong Kong that were publishing unsubstantiated rumors, some of which may have been true, some of which may have been purely speculation uh, about officials within mainland China, secrets and, and the sorts of speculation that you would see in newspapers in the West about you know, politicians in the West, uh, things that, that were really undermining uh, the legitimacy of the party. That's their major fear in the near term. Longer term, though, of course, Beijing is worried that Hong Kong's distinct status could become something of a model for other major cities within mainland China. Uh, Shanghai, there's other, there's major municipalities that have their certain, a certain way of doing things. They want to show that Hong Kong can be knitted into mainland China and can grow and thrive within mainland China, not as something that has its own special laws that are different than those of the mainland. And then even further out, mainland China is really thinking about Taiwan, reunification with Taiwan. Bringing Taiwan back into the fold has been a major goal of the Communist Party and mainland China for its entire existence. Uh, and the continued existence of Taiwan is a huge threat to the legitimacy and the coherence of the country. Being able to bring Hong Kong back in is step one. The hope was to bring Hong Kong back in in such a way that it could incentivize Taiwan to peacefully rejoin Beijing, but it's becoming increasingly less likely given how much of a heavy hand Beijing has used in Hong Kong. So given that, what does the dynamic in Hong Kong look like going forward? I think what we're going to see is the massive protests that we saw in 2019 are no longer an aberration. I mean, for the past two decades, we've seen protests breaking out intermittently in Hong Kong as the government has tried to impose certain measures that would control the public more or or shift the way that things are done in Hong Kong. That's been happening with more frequency, and 2019 was a high watermark there, of course. So what we're going to see is as Beijing and as Hong Kong authorities try to gradually pull the city closer into Beijing and tamp down on these sorts of activities, you'll see a dynamic of, of back and forth. Efforts to impose things like you know, extradition or national security laws or even patriotic education that inculcates national Chinese values into Hong Kongers, those will create a backlash. And then authorities will crack down. They'll try to get more powers to crack down on that. And you just have this back and forth over the next several years or decades. So we're seeing a lot more tumult within Hong Kong. One of the hopes with the central government in imposing these national security laws is to be able to get ahead of that dynamic and have an ability to jail or rein in people who are, who are advocating for these more challenging positions to Beijing, be able to jail them and, and rein them in as this dynamic unfolds. Thank you for that guidance, Evan. Thank you so much, Emily. If you'd like to read more of Evan Reese's analysis and forecasting on the Asia-Pacific region, subscribe to Stratfor Worldview. Podcast listeners get a special discount. Go to stratfor.com slash podcast offer. That's all one word. Stratfor.com slash podcast offer. I'm Emily Donahue. Thanks for listening.